0: Word tracks are a combination of words or phrases that you could use in a sales presentation to help get momentum in a sales call. And when you know enough of them, sales become so much easier and faster. Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. Aloha from Sacramento, California. I'm coming to you live from my studio, and I figured, you know what? Today's a good day. We are going to talk about word tracks. And if you're like, Scott, what the heck is a word track? Well, a word track is a saying that you can use in your sales process that makes it so that you have a comfortable thing to go to or a comfortable thing to say. And I, I've sat through so many presentations with salespeople who are new or salespeople who are struggling, and like, real deal, one of the biggest problems salespeople face is they don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. So what happens is they they have an awkward conversation. They try to tell a joke at the wrong time. And so what happens is the buyer's like, oh, that was kind of weird. I don't get what was supposed to go on, but like, can I get a discount? Like, is that your best price? And salespeople just really don't know how to, to go with it. And so This is why one of the reasons that salespeople have discounts and price matching is their first go-to conversation. Like if you can, uh, at all possible, move the way that you do discounting a couple steps back and figure out how to not give a discount, you're better off. And so when I talk about the closing process, uh, I want to define it for you for a reason. So in my mind, once I roll price, that opens up the closing process. You may hear some trainers say that once you're in the close, you don't get out of the close, which I agree with a lot. And sometimes, you know, once you're in the close, you have to divert on the conversation. You got to bring the people back. And that's where a word track comes in. So like somebody may come to me and say, hey, Scott, you know what? I really like your product, but I got to think about it. You know, and I'm going to give you a slight variation of one of my word tracks. Doesn't mean it's going to be the one that I would use. So like you could modify this accordingly. I would say, hey, look, I completely understand. I hear what you're saying. Here's what we're looking at. Here's why it needs to be done. And absolutely, let's go ahead and get you started. I'm giving you very rough outline, like, cause I don't know what you sell and I don't know what you do. And this may sell, sound like really old school sales to you. And it's a combination of some old school sales, but it's also the combination of like, hey, look, I've sat through a lot of sales calls and I know what it takes to get somebody to move forward. So adopt accordingly. Like my process may not be your exact process. Summer down. If you're like, oh, I don't think I would ever use that. Okay, well, like pick up a new skill. If anything, most salespeople have like two or three word tracks. That's it. That's all they got. They've got two or three moves that they can do uh, like when when the buyer's got issues with them. They could do a punch, they could do a kick, they could do a throw. That's it. Like you need to have a lot of content. And the problem is if I give you too much content, you're gonna be like, I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. So I'm just going to give you a couple of them. A thing to keep in mind is the average closing time. Once again, the closing process, once your roll numbers is one tenth of your presentation time. If you have giving a presentation for an hour, it could take you about six minutes to close. You got to have some content for that. If you've been presenting for two hours, it could take you about 12 minutes to close. You got to have some content for that too when you're working with buyers, sometimes you do need to give some pushback on what they're saying and the commitments that they've made to you in the sales presentation and the sales process. And if you don't know what to say and you don't know what to do, it's going to feel like a lot of pressure. You may have to ask a couple of questions, but real deal, you got to remain calm. Having content has you have the ability to be like, okay, I have some things that I can say. I have some things that I could try. It may not be perfect, but at least I got something to do now what you want to know is this does put pressure on the buyer. It's like sometimes you're going to have a buyer come back to you and be like, why are you putting so much pressure on me? Okay, one, it could be your timing. Two, it could be your pitch and tone. So like a lot of times, especially if you're tired, and especially if you're hungry or under a lot of pressure, you really don't pay attention to your pitch and tone. This is why role play becomes very important, and your role play should be very difficult, you know, like so that you could catch your pitch and tone, so you could catch – the things that you're saying, you could catch your catchphrases. You know what you're going to do and the mistakes that you make. So you know how to work on them. You may have to find some ways to get some momentum. And sometimes momentum means just throwing something out there. Not every presentation is going to stack up the same. I could use one uh, word track on a buyer and have it work perfectly. And I could use it on the next one. And it goes nowhere, it falls flat on its face. Like this is a recipe. You got to weave some content back and forth when you're dealing with the buyer. And when you're working with the buyer, You have to, you have to have like this emotionally neutral stance, like the way that you can explain it is like, uh, I care, but not that much. It's an old saying from negotiating and it's one way to look at it and go like, yeah, you know what? There's other deals out there. I don't really have to sell this one. The more desperate you are in a sales presentation, the less that this is going to work for you because what's going to happen is you're going to shoot for the quick discount You're going to speed up the sales process. You're going to get to the end, and the person is just going to be like, "I got to think about it. Something was wrong, and I don't know what it was. What it was, and I don't know how to deal with it." On this, you really have to be patient. When you have a loss of control inside of a sales process, sales presentation, closing process, it's a panic. And it's not just evident to yourself internally, it's also evident to the buyer. There's a different emotional feel inside of a room with a with a desperate salesperson than somebody who's really calm. And writing along with salespeople, I've seen this happen a lot. I'm going to give you this list of 12 different things or 12 different word tracks that you could use. And here's the thing, you can combine them. They're like Lego. You can stack them up, you can move them around, you can make them modular, but One of the best ways to do this is to put them on three by five cards and just practice with them. So put the statement on there, take the objection, throw the three by five card down, and then give your answer. So uh, I do this in bullet point. So I'm going to give you 12 word tracks that you could use that you could modify. And the challenge for you is to find a couple of them that ring true with your personality and how you would say and how you would do it. Okay. And a lot of these I've tested in sales processes. A lot of these I've used myself. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple of them that I developed. And I'm going to start with number one, my biggest concern. It's like sometimes people will come at me with an objection. I'm just like, absolutely, I completely understand my biggest concern is. And then I fill in the reason why there's a concern. And then I ask for the sale. Okay. So like there's a pattern to this. You use your word track. So like you may use some softening language. Like I completely understand. I hear you you're going to use your word track and then you're going to close the deal. Okay, my biggest concern. And in the industries that I work in in and in-home sales, I've worked a lot with uh, technicians and plumbers. This line absolutely kills it all the time. Yeah, completely understand my biggest concern or you may even start off with like, I got something I got to share with you. My biggest concern at this point is fill in the blank. Number two on this list, why don't we do this or how about we do this? So talk about momentum in a sales process. Someone says, I got to think about it completely understand. Why don't we do this? You know what? Uh, Your price is too high. I hear what you're saying. How about we look at this? Like there's a lot of different ways that you could take these phrases and these words and you can move them around. It doesn't have to be exact. Like your, your imagination can run wild to a point. Uh, What will happen? I see salespeople do this is they're like, you know what? I'm going to overthink this. I'm going to make this crazy. I'm going to build out like 144 different ways to overcome objections. Like, look, Real deal. Word tracks. I'm going to give you 12 of them. You don't really have to try to reinvent the wheel. I'm going to give you pretty much the wheel intact with a lot of air in it. Okay. Three. I don't remember where I heard this. I would love to get a citation, but either way, you're going to pay. When you deal with people and they're like, they're putting off an idea and they're like, I don't know if I want to do this right now. I'm like, great. Either way, you're going to pay. And like, what do you mean? Well, by you waiting, you're paying something. Like, um, if you have a car and you're buying a car, you're going to have to pay for maintenance. You're going to have to pay for tires. You're going to have to pay for, you know, uh, uh, you're gonna have to pay for registration and you know, Hey, cool. Either way you're going to pay. And sometimes it gets people to think not all the time. Does it work? But sometimes it does Four, When when is procrastinating ever made anything better? Pause. Let's get you started. So like the key here is if you're going to use this type of word track, you do have to put the pause in there. So, I'll give it to you again. When has procrastinating ever made anything better? Like, you kind of got to be not super sarcastic about it. Like, you got to be like, (laughs) you know, when has procrastinating ever made anything better? Like, if you do the pitch and tone on this one wrong, I promise you, you're going to have some problems. Five, I have an idea of what I can do to help you from here. Like, you know, people sometimes with an objection, they just need some help thinking through their idea. They're a little bit nervous. They don't want to be dumb looking for a discount. They don't want to be dumb asking for some sort of a price match. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you sell, but like here is a way for you to come up with an idea. And like you start with a small idea. And if that's not big enough, you go a little bit bigger. And if that's not big enough, then you go a little bit bigger. Number six, I'm kind of curious at this point, what is your better solution that you have? Is it blank, blank or blank? So like, let's say that somebody would say, hey, Scott, you know what? I really got to think about this training that you're offering me. I go, hmm, that's kind of interesting. When it comes down to it, what better solution do you have at this point? Are you going to use your own learning management system? Are you going to bring somebody else in, or are you going to do nothing? Right? You kind of put the pressure on them, and then it's like, let's say that they say we're going to do our own learning management system. Like I can narrow it down. Okay, okay. So which one are you going to pick? Or if they say, oh, I'm going to bring another trainer in, I'm like, great. Which one are you going to pick? And if they go, well, we're not going to do anything right now, then I'm like, throw it back, and I'm go, well, you know what? Here's the thing. Either way, you're going to pay. Number seven. I can see how that would get you in a world of hurt. I can help you out. All we got to do is I can see how that would put you in a world of hurt. Like nobody wants to be in a world of hurt. I can help you out. All we have to do is fill in the blank, make it really easy. Eight, you're giving up a lot only to get a little. So why don't we do this? Okay. You're giving up a lot only to get a little, like you're making them think some of this comes from the confidence that you have. Some of it comes from the words that you have. Some of it just comes from you saying something instead of sitting there like, yeah, I can do a price match. So like, let's say that somebody says like, Hey, I'm going to use this solution. I'm going to use solution X. I'd say, Hey, I don't know if that's the best solution for you, but I know what is, and I'm here to help you out. Why don't we do this? Okay. So like I took two of them and combined them. I don't know if that's the best solution for you. I do know what is, and I'm here to help you out. So why don't we do this? Let's say you have good rapport with somebody. This is one that you could use with good rapport. I wouldn't do this if you do not have good rapport. So like warning, warning, if you got bad rapport, probably not the right route to go. Let's say they say, hey, Scott, I've decided to go another route. I might say, hey, if you do go that route, you're going to see the slow motion version of a train wreck and it's not going to be pretty. Why don't you let me help you out? If you notice, I'll always come back to, why don't you let me help you out? Because it's really tough for someone to say, no, I don't want you to help me. That's why that word help is there. So, like, let's say uh, number 11, you could, but why would you want to when I could do it for you? Someone says, I, I, I'm gonna have somebody else do it. You could do that, but why would you want to? Especially when I could take care of it for you. Why don't you let me help you out? Number 12, things don't get better from here, they typically get worse. Like, I came from industries where the longer that people waited, the worse problems got. And that's kind of what's gonna be for whatever you sell. Uh, you sell furniture, someone's furniture is going to wear out. You sell insurance, you know, at some point, if someone's insurance isn't going to get taken care of, it's going to be a problem. My dad passed away. Thank goodness. He had good insurance in place, right? I think about that just about every day. My mom would be in a world of hurt if, uh, my dad did not have insurance in place for some of the things that he had going on in his life. Like real deal. Um, you sell cars. Someone's got some mileage on a car. No, here's the thing. Things aren't going to get better from here they're going to get worse. Why don't you let me help you out? It's really easy to get started. You know, uh, my biggest concern is at this point, you've got so many miles on this car that it's going to cause you some problems. Lucky number 13. I got a friend, Dr. Eric Knowles. I bring him up occasionally in the podcast. He's retired from University of Arkansas and he specialized in reducing objections in sales. Like how cool is that? This dude's got a doctorate in reducing resistance. And I, I, I spoke at an event with him and I was able to hang out with him after hours. And we went to dinner, uh, the triple George restaurant in Nevada, pretty darn good place, pretty darn good place, triple George restaurant. And we're sitting down and we're chatting back and forth. And I'm like, Hey, Dr. Knowles, um, Hey Eric, I got a question for you. What do you think of this this phrase, this word track that I use? That's perfectly fine and normal. He's like, ooh, I like that. That's amazing. That's good. That's a good, that's a good strategy. Because like you're telling somebody that's perfectly fine and it's normal, and then you address the concern. He's like, Yep, good job. Good job, Scott. It was cool to hear that from a doctor, a guy who's got a doctorate in reducing resistance and sales. You're gonna want to practice and role play these because you do have to get timing right and you got to get pitch and tone right. And here's the thing for you is most salespeople are lazy. They won't do it. You're, there's a high chance that you are listening to this podcast between 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. at night. I know that because I look at my stats consistently. And that's like the prime time for people to want to watch YouTube and you know car chases and comedians, but they don't want to work on their sales skills. You could take these 12-word tracks and you could make your sales process way better. You could learn how to close more deals. You can make your life easier. It's just going to take some work. It's just going to take some effort. It's going to cost you about four or five bucks of some index cards. You may have to get a buddy. You may have to role play for a few hours. But the cool thing is, is you're going to have a skill that's going to last you for the rest of your life. And where other salespeople struggle, you're like, I got this. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes. Recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.